Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on June 5th, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat as we continue our discussion over the universe of Avatar The Last Airbender. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the advanced session of the week's exploration. Congratulations to those who have signed up for a deeper dive. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 For this week, I'm also joined by two good friends. First up, we have Mochi Lama. Katie, how are you doing this evening? I'm feeling dumb. <laughs> Aren't we all? I mean, this is like week 87 of lockdown, so like, whatever. Week 87 of lockdown. Yeah. Uh, next up is a returning guest co-host for Mage, Josh. How is the evening treating What's you up? in week 87 of lockdown? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I was able to get my cheap rum, so I'm doing <laughs> great. Hey, cheap rum is no better than bottle of the bear vodka. So, <laughs> no... <laughs> well, let's uh, let's let's jump right into it. I know we were just talking uh, about the different groups of characters that we see within the last airbender story arc. Um, do we want to, how, how do we want to tackle? Do we want to go, do we want to go alphabetical? Um, do we want to go by group? Like, how, how do you guys want to? I think you should kind of go by the way that characters appear. So I would do water siblings, uh, Aang, and then Zuko, Iroh, Toph, like in, in the order that they appear okay. in the show. But that's my opinion. What do you think? That sounds like a great idea. I mean, yeah, that's probably fine. I would like <laughs> to talk about Toph earlier, but it's also okay to save the best for last. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that would mean, is it, would it be Katara first or would it be Soka? You'd have, you, they're kind of in relate. What did you just say? Soka. Sokka. Nope. Uh, yep. No. <laughs> yeah, Soka is, is I don't know a sparkly vampire Alka. from a <laughs> from a film that didn't happen. A film that didn't happen. You're gonna Sokka is in blue. Okay, go to Lake Guy and come back when you're thinking. Go where? <laughs> you really need to Lake. watch some more Avatar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get with the program. <laughs> the water siblings. <laughs> it's pronounced with an. That is making sense. Siblings doesn't have an that in the. Oh, oh. <laughs> Saka, Saga, Saga. 
Katara's got the first line in the series, uh, according to Dino. The first line, I don't know. I feel like it's probably her complaining to Sokka. I don't know the first <laughs> line by heart. That's their relationship. I mean, is I that is that really kind of their is that kind of their relationship throughout the entire series? Is the the relationship loving we see in the beginning complaining yeah. to each other, love loving and equal part being annoyed just by their existence? So yeah. Mm-hmm. So siblings. Yeah, like normal siblings. Though. Nor yeah, I guess that that will like that will yeah siblings, <laughs> siblings that we'll talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess that that is true. I, I realized as soon as I said that, I was like, yeah, that that makes a lot more sense. Uh, so Katara though is the waterbender. Mm-hmm. The sock man is not a waterbender, but he is no. a, a a mechanic, right? I would. He's the token non-bender. McKinney? He would define himself as a warrior, <laughs> but he. he... <laughs> hey, continue. No, if continue. You think about it, team, team Avatar spans all the nations: an Airbender, Waterbender, Firebender, and Earthbender, and then there's a human, which everyone that com- is comprised in the universe. They're, makes sense. they're all humans. <laughs> well, I was, I was non- about to ask. <laughs> I was like, wait, hang on. My understanding just got really twisted up here. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Midichlorians. Oh God. <laughs> okay. So, man, is Iroh the Yoda of the show? That would make total sense. Yeah. From the little that I've seen of him, I would completely accept that. He's pretty much the Yoda, yeah. Um. So, so Katara and the other um, one, um, Sokka, that I'm always going to mispronounce anyways. Now that I'm no. trying to think about it. Um, we're gonna make you. We're gonna check in every five minutes and make you say yeah. it. Yeah, that's fine. But he he. <laughs> so is he? So he's a non bender. But so he kind of has to make up for that with basically like technology. Is that is that a good explanation or a good way of saying it? No. Okay. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I just, I mean, what is what is he, his um, strengths? What if what does he bring to the group? It's funny because he was originally... You know, a... that's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was meant to be Sorry. a comic relief. No, no, no. It's okay. I get fiery about this. I get heated because a lot of people think Sock is worthless, but I think the gang would have failed <laughs> many times over and died if they didn't have Sokka on the team. Sokka is... He was originally written as a comic relief character who just is there, but... As they wrote him, they realized that he's actually the leader, which is really interesting because he's one of the only teams that I know of where the Lancer or the sarcastic, surly, funny guy is is a leader. Um, but he his first role is to look after his sister. That's why he goes because he's not going to let Katara just run off with a 12-year-old kid. In ages, Sokka is 15, Katara is 14, and um, Aang is 12. Um so his role starts off as watching over his sister, but he really does take on the leadership role of reading the map. He also does a lot of um, fighting throughout all with his, he has a club and he has a boomerang and later he gets a sword and like a day and a half of sword training boot camp from a sword, which half of that day is crafting a sword. So really only a day of like advanced sword arts, but he's, um, He's written as a comic relief, but he's actually a pretty valuable warrior, and he defines himself as a warrior many times over in the series. Yes, as as I think it was Dino said, club to the head is still a club to the head. 
<laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and it actually is proven a couple times where Sokka does not want to do the planning or he's not available that they kind of struggle figure out what to do or what's the right thing to do. He's oddly the the dorky comic relief character who acts like a ditz, but he's all, I think that's a TV trope, right? Like stupid genius or something where he acts dumb, but he's actually pretty mm-hmm. clever. Yeah. A lot of artwork. And I was doing some calculating and I think kill count in the show. So, oh, wow. Really? I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there are some characters who specifically do not kill. So that could right. be Fair. part of that. <laughs> Um, but he says he doesn't kill, but does he? Does he really not kill? Well, <laughs> I did have that question. <laughs> right, and I guess because uh, dancing's bringing that up too, there there are two other kind of non-character or non-NPCs, I guess you would call them, Appa and is it Momo? Oh, mm-hmm. so like, right, and Momo definitely seems to kind of take the limelight for the comical relief away from Sokka, you know, kind of when he's in, because Momo's introduced, right. Momo, but Momo is introduced at the time that Aang finds out the, Mm -hmm. the events of the air Mm -hmm. temple. So he was kind of like, you, you were talking in the intro about like that kind of that parallel Momo is the, the comedy that gets introduced in the middle of this tragedy. Yet, so the Avatar series has a really weird, like, dare I say, fetish about blending animals together. Why? No. Why? Yeah. Why <laughs> do you combine a platypus and a bear? Because that is uh, ungodly the terrifying. Bear is is correct. The platypus bear is terrifying. <laughs> The best part of the blast, the best part about the platypus bear is when it scares or when they scare it, it lays an egg and runs away. I was like, did it just what? Like, yep, yes, it did. Um, can you name all of the hybrid animals we meet? Uh, I've only met a couple. There's the lemur. I think it was a lemur bat that Momo is. The platypus bear, um, the the insect buffalo that is Appa. Well, they just call him Sky Bison, but he's clearly you're clearly an insect. Yeah, he's he's got six legs. Got six legs and a carapace. (laughs) In Dallas, I one time got I had taking a nap under a tree in Dallas, and I had something on my arm, and I thought it was fluff, and it was an insect that felt like fur. So that's totally where they got there. It was, it's like some kind of caterpillar. Ew. And it bit me. <laughs> I have that. that sounds like a demon. <laughs> it was also a demon. No, but it's like a fluffy caterpillar that looks like. A oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I know which one. Those are, I think those are uh, moths, yeah. actually. That, that's, that's, that's not okay. where they got their inspiration for Appa because that crapper, like, bit me. <laughs> Like red. There's also the uh, the the giant uh, thing that has really good sense of smell. It's like a mole wolf thing. Earshoe. That one. Earshoe. That thing's absolutely terrifying. Um, and you forgot the saber tooth moose lion. I have not cubs. met that thing yet. Thank you for that nightmare fuel. <laughs> its cubs are are not discernible because they don't have the sharp teeth yet. <laughs> 
<laughs> also, moose are, are really aggressive. If you grow yes, up in New England, moose, moose are you very would aggressive. <laughs> and they're big. <laughs> but anyways. And they smell bad. <laughs> so, Katara is the waterbender. Sokka, yeah. Sokka, 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 Sockman is not a bender, but he is a human, nope. which is good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's more of like the tactician, the dare I say, brains of the outfit. Um, he doesn't think of himself. Right, as he's which a actually, which actually, to be I fair, I don't think of himself as the. <laughs> brains either <laughs> josh is like neither do i um he has to be the brains because katara is too busy being the mom and ang is 12 and he likes to play with marbles so oh he my has god to the marble like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> out of necessity he's the brain so that brings us to ang ang, ang is you know we already kind of talked about ang is the, air, the the last airbender obviously that's the name of the, the series <laughs> Um, but he's the avatar, which means, so is there, I know when he meets, I think it's, uh, one of the firebenders that he's trying to get to teach him. He tells him that he hasn't, he's not going to teach him because he hasn't learned the other elements. Um, is so, that, is that connected to the avatar cycle? Is that connection intentional? Uh, say, rephrase. I think that is the... I think that is the cycle that he's supposed to learn. Right, he's because he has air in. and he needs to learn. He's supposed to learn water, then earth, and then he then he'll learn fire. Mm-hmm. And it, and Aang um, kind of gets in an argument about it, but like that is that is that a is that just a coincidence or is that actually kind of the the idea of the well, Avatar cycle? What do you mean that they have to learn elements in a certain? He way? He says like yeah, because I can't remember the crazy fire dude, but Dumb he's God. the. Yes, yeah. Um, he says that Aang isn't ready to learn the fire bending because he still hasn't mastered water or earth. I would. I think. I think John Gong has a fundamentally flawed understanding of fire um, because we learn a very different definition. He views fire bending as essentially traumatic and dangerous, but mm-hmm. when we learn from other masters, we see that fire bending is is actually beautiful and um, important for other re- like he has a very dangerous view of fire firebending but okay. we, it's interesting that we get his view first his view kind of corroborates Aang. when he's learning firebending he doesn't take it seriously he's a very silly kid Aang himself is a comic relief here uh, um and he accidentally burns katara so he vows never to fire but so jong jong just kind of corroborates um yeah, Mr. Dino Games is saying it. Zhang Zhang seems to hate his own bending ability. He thinks it will always lead to destruction. He also is kind of, he's left the Fire Nation army. He's abandoned right. his he's post. He's a deserter. He, he mm-hmm. also, yeah, he trained General Admiral Zhao, um, who was a student. Um, he was that master. So he seems to have a kind of corrupted view. But it's all, it's not necessarily wrong because the Fire Nation has, has led a hundred year war. But, um, but I don't know that there's a certain order to learn the elements in it. I think it's all personal to the Avatar at the time. I feel like, um, I mean, because I think it's outside of the series that we're talking about. But in Korra, Korra does pretty much learn the elements in the same order also. But I think that's more of a... Yeah. I think it's probably probably more of a traditional thing. Um, it like, like especially in Korra. Uh maybe 
Um, I don't know. Because in Korra, like, she learns two of the elements, like, really fast in the first episode. And mm-hmm. then she needs a lot of time to um, learn airbending, which mm-hmm. is the last element for her. And which is which would also be the last element in this cycle because the previous avatar was an airbender. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But I feel, I feel like it's it's probably more of a tradition thing just because that's the cycle that the avatars appear in throughout the cultures. And so, like, it's just expected that that means that they're supposed to learn in that way. I feel like but it's not necessarily required. Says, we don't know the order avatar roku learns in but he says that water was really difficult actually we he, we do know if i went back to the says what order he learns it in and he does say water was really hard for him to master um yeah there's probably you're right you're pro- they probably do learn it in the same order as the avatar cycle yeah i didn't know if <clears throat> i didn't know if like because you know going back to like your idea of the the spiritual connection um, in order to master each type, you have to have a specific outset of, you know, how you look at things. So like, you know, cause you guys were saying all the air nomads, all kids in the air or pretty much all kids in the air nomads would grow up to become airbenders. Whereas like, you know, with the water tribe or at least the, the water tribe that we see in last airbender, you know, Katara is the only bender there's, there's other <laughs> kids. There's actually a quite a gaggle of kids running around um Mm -hmm. but she is the only bender um and then within the earth nation or the earth is it uh earth earth kingdom is it kingdom or yes earth kingdom earth kingdom um it's not like there was well and they have like there's different things but like the one there was the one village that had all the the whole female force the fighting force and they all seemed to be benders but they seem to be the, the Kyo- only ones the Kyoshi warriors aren't benders actually they're oh they're not artists. okay they're just martial artists okay um well then yeah because then there really wasn't any earth there there haven't been a predominant number of earth benders that i that i've seen yet um there was like the crazy dude who tried to walk him through a canyon and got destroyed and then uh boomy um but like so like it just seems like it to me it would be like a logical path of like you have to understand this you know whatever whatever place you start that's you're going to be your primary starting point so like ang starts with air bending and then next in the cycle is water bending so it's like the evolution of your personality goes through that cycle as well as what i was kind of wondering if that was what if that's what was trying to be said there mhm i mean i feel like especially with this like central idea of reincarnation in the in the avatar cycle like i feel like part of it is probably intended to be kind of this like relearning of your past self um Mm. in those other things but then it's interesting that it follows the same order as the cycle rather than like going backwards i'm also curious like fire is the last thing that ang learned well so does does ang have the most difficulty learning earth no Okay. I mean, actually, he does have trouble learning the. It's completely contrary to what he be- the way he perceives right. the world. And it should be because those. But I think going he, back to the classic elements, that would be the diametrically opposed element of I air. I think he struggles mm-hmm. with fire because fire has hurt so many people, and by the time he right. does get a fire bending master, um, he has already made a vow to himself not to use it. So he has to kind of 
change his mind about that. But I do think Earth is hard because he he just has to assume the opposite position. Well, because you had said, I think it is it is it uh, Roki, Roku, uh, the Roku. Fi- Avatar the Roku, Avatar Roku, the fire. Yeah, he had the most trouble Avatar. with water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I could. So and then I know with uh, does Cor does now does does Cora have or is she kind of like she- a prodigy? Of all of them, actually, Vero said it that he's Korra struggles with air, which is the element mm-hmm. of the previous Avatar. That's an interesting point that I've never really considered before. Oh, so that's interesting. Good... So, mm-hmm. but she is she initially is she a waterbender initial? She's a waterbender. Yes. Okay, and also she tribe. was able to firebend and earthbend very early on. So she's kind of like, like as a, an, as an like infant. A, oh, okay. So she's kind of like a prodigy that's outside of the normal, anyways. Yeah, exactly. Mm, okay, okay, cool. Um, and that brings us to let's see. Uh, we got Ang, Katara, Sockman. Do we want to talk about Aang, what's Sokka, that? Katara? We talked about Appa and Momo a little bit. What about uh, mm-hmm. is would that would next be Zuko? Yeah. So what's what's going on with Zuko? What's his what's his damage? Well, he's voiced by Rufio from Hook. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. Yeah. My my already kind of like for his character just went up even more. Dante Zuko, Basco, right? Like even yeah. so, even from what I've seen, like the limited piece, the limited episodes that I've seen, he has already grown. Does he continue on that? Does he like? Does he actually ch- like? Does he grow the most out of this? All the characters, I, I mean, well, the most. Well, okay, I mean, I don't does, know about the most. Okay, that's fair. It, it's not linear growth either, which is my, why Avatar is such a great series. No one grows linearly. Correct. They grow yeah. in a natural way, um, and they go forwards and back. Mm. Positive and negative choices that are their own environment and situation. So Zuko has the most development, but he. I would say as many bad choices in the series. Good. Right, right. Which is fair, but I mean, he also comes from a very damaged situation. Mm-hmm. I think oh, would be yeah. fair to He's say, right? Issues. Yeah, I mean, because well, I mean, the the most prominent thing is like his face is the is a scar, right? It's the yeah. burn scar, and mm-hmm. that actually was given to him by his father, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who is the Lord of the Fire Nation. Am I remember that yeah. hierarchy correctly? Yeah. He is, he's the Fire head Lord right now. The I Fire am. Lord. Okay. Because mm-hmm. um, I think we just we just recently saw that episode that kind of explained he was because I think Iroh was explaining to the sh- the guys on the ship. He's like, no, Zuko actually got that because he stood up for you, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Zuko has been exiled at the start of the series. Um, and up until that episode, we never we yes. never really got under we never understood why, but he is now we chasing. We do understand why later. Well, uh, but up in, until the episode with Iroh explaining it, um, yes, yes, it wasn't. It was just like he was exiled, and everyone kind of was thinking that it was because he was spoiled. But then they kind of were like, no. And Iroh, Iroh was the one that set the record straight on him or on yeah. that. Um, mm-hmm. But Zuko is obsessed with cap capturing. The Avatar mm-hmm. or killing the Avatar? Yeah. Cap- capturing. Capturing, okay. And then his intent, like, basically is to use that as a way to to buy back into his father's good graces, I guess. Oh, 
since he was specifically told that he would be exiled until he finds the avatar and okay and that's how he restores back. his honor and ends his banishment got it and then and that's where that's where uh he runs into conflict with Zhao, right it's because both of them are um, kind of chasing that that prestige that's an interesting question because i don't think Zhao has the avatar in his necessarily at first i think he does it i think yeah because yeah at first he seems to do it just to f yeah f f with zuko more than anything Zhao was present at the fight that disfigured zuko's face okay and he's a really repugnant character he does many throughout his life and um he seems to take enjoyment out of the fact that zuko is disturbed like so he really enjoy rubbing salt in the wound that Zuko is the prince, but he's banished. He does not treat Zuko like a prince. He treats Zuko like any other minor, um, you know, any any minor person in the mm-hmm. army. Like he, I think he calls him a spoiled brat. Wrong. Maybe I am wrong. I don't know. Maybe it's just his behavior. That I'd sounds to... like a Zhao thing to do. Yeah, I, I would. He just he treats Zuko with the the least amount of respect possible, and he treats Iroh with. He actually seems to respect Iroh to some degree mm-hmm. um but but Zhao the way he behaves is not the way you would expect him to behave to a, a crown prince um and he only starts to look for the avatar after he encounters um which I suspect is just an attempt to continue burnishing his crown and rear well because I think part of that is also that um, like especially with the Fire Nation having wiped out the Air Nomads and Avatar not being seen in a hundred years, like I'm sure the expectation was kind of like, oh yeah, like Uzziah's tossing Zuko out and he's never going to come back because like that's a ridiculous thing that no one will ever be able to achieve because the Avatar is gone. Whereas, so I think Zhao kind of steps in of the belief that the Avatar is is not. Uh, the word just escaped me. He's the avatar is just not a factor in whatever yeah. the Fire Nation needs to do. But once he learns that that is a real thing, then, then he's all like, "Oh yeah. yeah." It's also interesting to think about because you know we learn later that Fire Lord Oze has usurped his crown. That Iroh is the older brother, and the crown was his. But for some reason, and we don't learn until very late in the series why um, Ozai was crowned the fire lord after the death of his father azulon i don't know how to pronounce that azulon or azulon but um it is interesting to consider that ozai has two children azula and, and zuko zuko is banished until he captures the avatar so you would think that can that um and it is a you're right it is like a goose a wild goose hunt in that no one has seen the avatar in a hundred even after finding out that Zuko has seen him, you would think that he would assist Zuko. Instead, he he really is self-centered and tries to he tries to do two he has two different aims at at some point. He, one is to capture the avatar, the other is to blot out the moon, which we learn is possible later on in the series. Um but he'd had that goal for a long time. But Considering that Ozai only has two children, Azula and Zuko, you would expect one of them to be considered the heir. And I'm wondering if Azula is not considered the heir, if there is some kind of sexism at play there. Because why else would someone want so much to be the person 
who captures the avatar and to and to do all the if Azula not the person to inherit and also Zuko not banishment and the lack of honor associated with him it is interesting that he <laughs> he doesn't treat him with any respect at all you would expect the oldest born son to be the next in line but well we also don't we don't see Azula at all in the first book yeah right but isn't she mentioned probably i have but i don't her yet. i feel like we don't have any idea of what azula is doing while yeah this conflict is happening that that ends with uh zuko and zhao heading to the um water tribe um Dino Games made a good point, which is that Zhao takes over Zhao takes over Zuko, which lets Zuko's own character develop. Um, that's really true. <laughs> he um, he he is this really evil character, almost unredeemable. And we learn more about like we we find out that he's been planning to do this evil act for a while. Um, in season two, I'm sorry, book two. Um, yeah, he do- does take that role with. Which allows set off on his own path. However, he doesn't take that chance when he's in the final battle of Bon at, at the Northern Water Tribe. He, I mean, it's only through Avatar and the gang's actions that they survive that. Um, I don't think Zuko makes any steps towards good at that point. And what about Iroh? Um, he has a limited involvement in that part of the show. He he is on a boat for most of that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, for he, a long time, a, like mm-hmm. for a long time, we just we just see him as a as an advisor to to Zuko, uh, and kind of like mediating. He's really neutral. Yeah, Zuko's circumstances with the rest of the Fire Nation, um, just kind of get hints at uh, what an amazing and awesome character he is in Book One. Um, learn more about him and where Iroh came from. Um, Probably in book two. I would love. I think I would love to know if they designed his character like that, or if like Sokka, he grew into that role because he was so popular. Because in book one, he comes off as a really mild, silly kind of guy, but it's really in book two and three, just like Sokka, that character. Like, um, like I feel like especially in book one, like Zuko called him his uncle, but like I didn't like especially when I was watching it, like I didn't have any concept of. Uh, of like, oh, like if he's the uncle and Zuko's this exiled heir, then that means that is Iroh the the ruler or really close to the ruler? Like, I, I that thought didn't even cross my mind. Um, mm-hmm. and then, and then I feel like it's book two when we realize, oh, he's actually the older brother. He could have been the Fire Lord, and all of this stuff changed his circumstance. Yeah, I mean, all of his. All of his history we learn by book two and three, but but for the most part, we're introduced to him in book one as, as an advisor, calm guy, kind of a frivolous. And Zuko, I think, calls him lazy in book one. Um, uh, yeah, Zuko's in book one. Zuko is hard to leave. He calls him like a lazy, superficial old man. Um, when you think about it, he got banished and his uncle came with him. Like, he didn't have to be to a ship that he chose to be. But Zuko can't really appreciate when we meet him. I feel like I, there's this 
question of like how deep we want to go into beyond oh, yeah. what you've seen blue <laughs> oh no no you feel feel free to go i i think that if it's within the last airbender story arc i think it's fair game now you don't worry about spoiling it for me i'm used to filtering out spoilers all the time <laughs> good to know but I mean, um, so like with like Zuko and Iroh, especially because I think that it feels like they have a lot of development that gets put in later. Um, yeah. I mean, go for it. I, I think that would be really interesting to hear about. Um, do you want to talk about it, Flash? Um. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. As as Chat says, Iroh is a tea addict and has. Uh, <laughs> certain scent to his feet uh (laughs) but so um so iroh is the older brother of zuko's father the fire lord um iroh was a very distinguished uh war general um in the fire nation um he was known to be vicious and like there's there's definitely like different points where we kind of see like other people in the fire nation have a a large amount of respect for him typically. Um, And it's because of his past. Uh, But ultimately he, what his last campaign was uh, against bossing say, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And then his son, his adult son was also um, in the military um, and ended up, dying during the conflict um and then after his son passed away uh iroh made a very different shift in his life towards what we we see throughout the show um and i feel like it's after that point that he he becomes a better no i guess we don't necessarily go into too much detail as far as like his education as a firebender but i feel like he be he it's after that point where he starts studying other bending philosophies mm-hmm. um, and becomes more open-minded and well-rounded and a lot more chill, basically. Um, yeah, I think you're right. His trajectory changes after 10, which um, they have a memorial, both I and Iroh's son and the voice actor for Iroh Mako, which... I would have to, I don't know his last name by heart, um, uh, but they have in the second, the Tales of Ba Sing Se is like, a, a, it's not a f- episode, it has multiple small episodes of different characters, including animals. So you can see like five or six different perspectives of this great city in the Earth Kingdom. And uh, uh, they have a memorial episode where Iroh is walking around the city and he is walking around the city buying stuff to celebrate his birthday memorial it's one of the parts of the whole series and i think that episode is really what represents why people avatar so strong they do a lot of storytelling with five or six different plots and this one is deeply emotional where he sings this point that's happy for a little child in the earth kingdom to make him stop crying and then he goes and sings it again at his son's uh, memorial, remembering his son's birthday. And part of the reason everything has some deeper meaning in Avatar, that that was the last episode where Mako, okay, 
if I get it wrong, it, I think it's Iwamatsu, but I'm not sure. But the voice actor for Iroh was diagnosed with cancer, and that was the last recording he did was the song Leaves from the Vine. Oh, um, wow. It is any Avatar fan cry. <laughs> it's just he, he literally gets emotional in the song, and you can hear him as a voice actor struggle because he had just gotten his diagnosis when he recorded that. So it is really packed with meaning. But again, the episode is not like a typical fluff filler episode. Um, it is. It has. It moves each character on their arc. But yeah, so Iroh, he comes off as the silly vapid. Zuko even says it kind of like fourth wall breaking. You're, you're just this, shy, you know, lazy old man. But he really is anything but that. He has come to peace self. He's come to peace with the fact that. He doesn't fit in with his own within his own family, which is pretty bloodthirsty, evil monarchy type family. Um, he's rejected his family's path. He has his own path. He's so comfortable with himself that he can flow through any situation, um, whether he's just a traveler or Zuko's used to being the crown prince and he can't handle these poor conditions. You know, Iroh is always at peace as throughout their journey, whether he's eating food that people have given him or he's a refugee, or he has his own tea shop. He fits wherever he goes. So he kind of stands out by book two as this character that's totally centered, totally comfortable with himself and his own element, and has made peace with his past, which which is important for other characters later. <laughs> Sorry, that was a lot, too. <laughs> no, I think that was, I mean, that's awesome. He's one of my favorite characters, for sure. And I think many... Yeah, that's true, Mr. Dino Games. The photo that they use for Lu Ten is a, is based off of the voice actor when he was a young man. Which again, oh. there's all there's always layers of detail with this show, whether it's animation or music or or just the verse that they create. They, there's always layers of details that are so. Well, talking about layers, this makes me nervous. But there's this other character that you guys wanted to talk about. I think it's an Earthbender. I can't see it really clearly. <laughs> you mean the greatest earth? Rude. <laughs> oh my goodness. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> so offensive. So this is a very short earthbender by the name of is it Toph? Toph. Hmm? Toph Beifong, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes, Toph Beifong. Flying board. Yeah. <laughs> and so the the big the big thing about Toph is that she is the one who teaches Aang how to earthbend. Yes? Um yes. yes. Okay. He wants yes. to learn from his former friend Boomy, who Boomy has gotta be ancient. If Toph <laughs> Aang is like twelve when he's frozen, so he's a hundred He's yeah, he's hundred and twelve. And then Boomy's still alive, so <laughs> they're the same in 12. But um, he wants to learn from Boomy, but Boomy gives Aang a clue on what kind of earthbending teacher to find. Boomy is this coo- never does what's expected and just always has this crazy idea. And he, he says earthbenders are always like formidable, strong, solid. But he says, look for a teacher who will listen before bend. So try to find one. And then he literally finds a teacher has to listen and use their other senses because they can't and that's tough <laughs> and you're getting mad at me for blind puns 
I mean, <laughs> Boomy is allowed to be rude because he's 112. <laughs> so, excuse you. Wow. <laughs> so, so why why is Toph uh, a fan favorite? She's a. B- I love the the absolute silence of Josh being like, how to best phrase this? What is this question? Oh my goodness, you need to watch more. You don't understand. Toph is a honey badger. Yes. So like, Team Avatar like heads into the Earth Nation to try and find Aang a, a Earthbender tutor or whatever, and find a bunch of people and like end up at like a like this like earth bendy like wrestling match situation underground or whatever yep uh and then they're all like oh like maybe we can get one of those people to tutor ang and then the last war here of the Spendy wrestler people ends up being tough. This tiny little, <laughs> I don't know, 12 year old little girl. Uh, and she's just a like, that's, that's, it's, it's just a fact. It's just a fact. <laughs> I mean, when we meet her, we're expecting her to, we, we don't expect her because we're going to this, like, basically WW um, underground battle. And they even do this awesome thing where the voice actor or this this you know, super powerful earthbending warrior called the is the mountain right um the boulder he i the boulder you're right the boulder i'm thinking strange guy the, uh, i was thinking of game of thrones <laughs> i haven't oh. even watched game of thrones but i was reading about it um no the Why? boulder <laughs> uh he uses that randy voice from wwe like the boulder doesn't like your, <laughs> what you're saying. Like, the boulder feels conflicted about fighting a tiger. And then she's like, I guess I would feel conflicted too. The pet immediately starts taking <laughs> crap and like dissing him. And she's this tiny blind person. The boulder no longer feels conflicted. So they have like, even the voice acting. It's like, um, refer- referring to these like large personas and, um, Saga is super into it from the side. Like, he's just all into the WWE aspect. And then Toph takes him out before he can even move. Like, we see this animation shift where he's about to move. And then we go to this slow motion frame um, scene. And as he's moving, we see, like, these light waves go through him and go to her and go up her, which is her perceiving him moving because she feels through her feet, through. And then before he can finish his move, she kicks and a wave of, which is one of the coolest bending visualizations, is a wave of rocks goes and knocks him down. So he ends up in a full split on, before he could finish his move against her. So she, like, almost by proxy, like, he doesn't even get to move, which is why she's a And that basically throughout the series, she just is inventive. She is faster than everyone else because she can figure out their own and and pre and she's very rarely very rarely beat i think she holds her own against many different types of warriors and benders mm-hmm. and plus like like she's so good as an earthbender 
like she can she can feel the bright the vibrations of other people to the point that she can tell like she can she can act as her own lie detecting test mm-hmm. uh, by just being able to feel the pulses of other people through the earth and breathing. Yeah, she says as you feel she can monitor their breathing and heart rate. So she's their lie. To, she can tell when people are following them. She can tell the difference between different people. Like she recognizes she meets Iroh when she gets angry and walks away and bumps into him, and then she recognizes him again later. Just by which is really cool. She also apparently gives people's nicknames. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Angus Twinkle Toes. And uh, because as the as the last Airbender, he's right, very no, light on his feet. His light. Yeah, no. I got it. <laughs> I got it, it, Josh. I got it. <laughs> and she calls Katara Sugar Queen, but I, I, that's a bad nickname because Katara's <laughs> nickname should really be Mom. She's the mom. <laughs> you know, she just moms everyone to death, and that's not a bad thing. I think Sokka tries to be dad, but actually Zuko ends up being the dad. But Katara really is the mom for sure. So I guess, and that kind of... Or go for it, Josh. Well, I was just going to say that's part of why um, Toph has conflict with Katara because Toph has not the best relationship with her family. Yeah. Uh, But it's like, just that like they didn't want her to leave yeah home because they didn't they they thought that they were had a earthbender tutor for their daughter like just as like a like a pastime and didn't realize that yeah they didn't realize that she was this amazing earthbender um and didn't believe that that was the case um so she just kind of goes off on her own um because she she's wanting to prove herself, and because she already knows she's the greatest earthbender ever. <laughs> she's interesting because she's really. I have this theory that the more in alignment with your element, the the better your character does in the ser- in the. Sh- that mm-hmm. if you're out of alignment with your element, you're going to fail, and if you're in alignment, then you're going to succeed. And Toph has the least character development of anyone in the sh- show. She comes in and she knows who she is and really kind of development episodes. One where she's Katara. Katara wants her to like to help look for firewood and set up camp. But she's like, nope, I don't need your help. I did everything on my own or anyone else. And that show, it actually isn't in that episode. It isn't super resolved. They don't really like say, okay, from now on, you're going to like, you know, set up camp while Sokka gets food and I'll look for they don't really solve it but she's really not part of the team to kind of add her to this mentality. and then later she has this girls episode where um Katara wants her to just like be girly with her and Toph is not a girly girl she actually enjoys doing the girly things like going to the spa and that character development she doesn't grow explains to Katara you know my appearance doesn't matter you know i I don't need, I can't see myself. So there's putting stock in what I look like. And Katara is like, well, it just so happens that you're really, and that makes Toph happy, but it doesn't change her as a character. She's a very solid state person who needs very little development. Even through Legend of Korra, she changed very much, which is really interesting from a character point of view. She's so solidly developed from the very beginning. So she's kind of like Iroh, right? Because Iroh doesn't, really sound like he changes much from when mm. from when we see him 
Like he changes mm-hmm. in the past, but because you were saying like Iroh's already kind of come to grips with who he is and what what he what his past is and all that. I would agree yeah. with that. I mean, even though she's she's a tiny little, probably also twelve year old, like she right, is right, very right, right. But I mean, like for, from like a character, Iroh. yeah, from like yeah. a character standpoint, she and Iroh are very similar in that in that they are very very secure in their element. But then I guess my the follow-up question there is, like, what does that mean for, like, the Avatar? Like, how can you be secure in your element when you are all elements? Like, what does that mean for the, for the Avatar? Well, Aang is kind of interesting because he should be go with the flow. Like, that's the philosophy of the Air Nomads, as we understand right. it, is that they're, they're peaceful. Right. They're not. In, I mean, he says all the time that the monks taught him to be, like, unattached. Um, and he gets a guru later on who tells him he has to let go of all of his attachments, which he really, Aang is kind of hard to pin down there because he never, from the beginning, he's never in really in at one with Ben, his, his original bending, which is air bending because he's very stubborn and he also shirks his duty. He doesn't go with the flow. He, he runs from the flow. Like he, he has guilt for this later, but his, and we understand why he's only, but he, he literally abandons his post because he's scared of what 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 he'll have to do as mm-hmm. the avatar not not being able to accept that he can't just play ball with his friends anymore so he runs away and because of that nation gets murdered by the um ang is hard to pin i i really thought a lot about this but he's his character development is probably the most intricate i would say of any of them and that he as that is at times peaceful he is always peaceful. He doesn't want to kill people, but he told by accident, maybe he doesn't think about, it. but, um, he, but also in like a Nickelodeon not- way where like, we probably can't really confirm that they're yeah. dead. <laughs> maybe they're just unconscious. Yeah. They're just off now, the if, screen. If, yeah. If, if we had more from like Azula or Zuko, see what they, we would they leave totally see people on water. fire. <laughs> 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 There's a line of no. He's isn't he hard to pin down, Josh? Like he's actually I mean, pretty stubborn, and he fights with all of his masters. Mm-hmm. Like he disagrees with them strongly. Yeah, I I mean I think there's there's a very um like air characteristic in that in kind of like finding your own path. Um, but I think that's all that also has to do with his avatarness because I think um like in talking about like these characters that are very stable and and solid within their likeness to their like elemental nature um he has to have all of these all four elements within him and he has to find a balance and harmony um yeah so there's this kind of i don't know maybe like eastern philosophy kind of balance and harmony kind of aesthetic but then also like western medieval alchemical philosophy in terms of like oh yes like when you have um this understanding of the four elements and how they make up everything and how they're all interconnected and you can't weigh one more than the other then you kind of self-actualize and become this greater thing um right well and he also has like a time like a time clock also that he has to hey Find self, f- self-center self oh. yourself that normally takes, like, 
you know years but you have oh, well. i can't remember like it's like three months or, year, yeah, yeah it's like it's like you have to do yeah. this in two months good luck and it's like wait what like <laughs> i'm 12 like i what <laughs> yeah or i mean it'll i think that kind of works with my theory too though because whole airbender we, we see gyatso skeleton which is a really rough moment for right he doesn't have parents he has monks who raise him which is super interesting and kind of dystopian. monks raise all of the airbenders were their parents um but um so his his best his closest friend was gyatso mm-hmm. and don't we learn later that gyatso had a connection with roku um that they were friends but um monks, gyatso like, he's the one most protective of ang like the other no really worried about the fire nation and they they just want him to train gyatso's like let's take these pies and throw them out the window and they'll land on it he's like and yeah. go your aim is getting better <laughs> yeah. yeah so he's this kind of lovable old dude who is really protective of ang's age like he understands that we're at war but he doesn't want ang to like ceaselessly train because he understands that ang is still a child so you know, child actor laws, child labor laws. <laughs> you know, you know he he can't. That okay. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, wasn't expecting that one, but okay. <laughs> but like, what he can't healthily just dive into this war, being right. you know mindful of his age. It's not appropriate. What what kind of avatar would be so non-emotional, non-healthy? So Gatso is protective wisely protective because Gyatso is arguing and he Aang hears that the other monks are going to sway to be away from Gyatso because they think he's a bad influence. He's not letting Aang reach his potential. Gyatso convinces them also, to let him stay. Also they're running out of pies. Yeah. <laughs> well convinces them to let him stay but by the time he goes to find Aang only heard that they were going to send him away from his friend who's like protecting so he abandons the temple before he can um, really tell Aang that, no, you're actually going to stay. And if he had heard it, obviously the thing would have turned out. He wouldn't have left the air temple. Well, actually, it might not have turned out differently. He might have just been murdered because he only knew airbending at that point. Yeah, um, the show would have ended. We would have skipped ahead to Legend of Korra. There no, wouldn't be, like, technological maybe advances. Tar- <laughs> maybe oh, maybe no. Tar would have been the next one waterbender avatar Josh, i think ang doesn't have to be aligned with his element because he does have all four so maybe it's more that he has to be aligned with his core values which he does by the end of the show staying aligned mm-hmm. i mean i feel like part of that is a very like air-like quality though because it's Air doesn't necessarily have a a course that it has to mm-hmm. follow. Like it, it will follow a course if it's made to. But sometimes, like Earth will make. I mean, air will just like it'll. It like what is the analogy I'm trying to think of? It's it's not it's not something that can get pinned down because it's ethereal. It's it's you know it's not gonna you can't. You can't pin air down. That's the whole point of it is that it's something that will go where where it needs to go or where it's directed. But even then, if it finds a gap somewhere, it will escape. 
Like, and that's, and that's where with Aang's character, I definitely see that because like, it's like, if you've ever, I don't know, like it makes sense to me because I'm thinking like air ducts. If you ever have like an air duct that you're trying to, you know, you're trying to fix or whatever, if you have one small hole in that air duct, Mm -hmm. the air is going to just, it's just going to go out and it's just going to keep going. It's not going to care. You have to actually like, you know, block it in completely to get it to go where you know quote unquote you want it to go mm. but well, I, I, I think that's, that's a good i think that's a good good place to to wrap up <laughs> wrap up and start looking yeah. at shout outs for the advanced session so katie you want to got any shout outs for us this time this time around? shout outs for, for who the advanced session you have any shout outs for us for um, this episode anna <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. (laughs) Josh, what about you? Uh, Shout out to my cabbages once again, because they're probably gone. They're they're destroyed. They're destroyed. My poor cabbages. My cabbages. (laughs) Why? (laughs) The cabbage crisis. Oh, man. Well, I, I wanted to take this and you know say again thank you to both of you um i think that i'm gonna i'm I'm interested if i can coerce katie into maybe writing an article about avatar or josh maybe we get get one from you i think both of you would have some really good insights into some of the characters hint hint josh um all i heard was silence (laughs) there was like there was just like long silence Hmm. Where that suggestion went, it's like it just flew away. Oh, oh man! So, so for everyone who's listening in, in the live chat, thank you again for your time. Until next time, remember: with wisdom we conquer. Stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright.